Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the How Long to Beat podcast. For, I think, the second time this season, I haven't thought of anything clever or funny to go with, so we're just going to jump straight in, I think. Um, it's your usual host, so it's me, Rick, Paula, ever so slightly late, and Alex from the closet. Hey. How are we all? I'm sitting hey. in the closet to avoid the p- barks of the puppy. <laughs> <laughs> with ever so slightly ominous shadows dropping behind you. But it's all good, and we've got a lot to crack through. Because we've all actually been playing lots of games, whether that's lots of games actually or lots of games relative to before we had exams. Um, so we're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about the games we've beaten and retired as well. Uh, and then we're going to move on to a topic. This week it's going to be the games that got us into gaming. Uh, and we'll take a question from the forums before moving on to the pièce de résistance of this podcast tour de force. Say it with me. How, how long, how to, long to be the game? The game. The game. Well, maybe. To be fair, that sounded almost on point. I don't think we'll need to do anything in post on that. That was perfect. Um, I don't think we can expect anything better than that. No, no, probably not. Um, Alex, why don't you kick us off with a game that we've actually both played? Yes, the Valley, or just Valley, actually. I realize it's just not Valley, the yeah. Valley. It's just Valley. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I saw you. Were, you mentioned you were playing this, and I just saw it. It was like three bucks. Uh, on the Microsoft Store. And so I was just like, yeah, whatever, why not? I'll play it. Um, and I really, I like enjoyed this game, but also was like extremely frustrated by it. Like the way I'll put it is that yeah. this is a game that I think is closer to being great than not, but a couple missteps here and there just kind of hold it back a little bit. You know, for those who don't know, essentially the game is like, you're basically in, I don't know, it's indistinct in, in time, but it's kind of like World War II fiction. Um, and you're in the Canadian Rockies and you get this thing called a leaf suit and you're kind of zooming all over the place. You can like steal life force from things and you can give life force to other things. Um, and it's, so it's basically like a, would you call it like a movement platformer, I guess, but like like a, like a fast movement focus, I don't know, like a mirror's edge-ish sort of thing. I sort of want to coin the term running simulator. <laughs> oh, actually, that's, that's legit. Yeah. It actually, it, it works because it's very story focused, but there is also like a lot of running and platforming. And the weird thing is it's at its best when it's not really asking you to do a lot and it's just letting you sort of muck around mm-hmm. in this really pretty world that it's built for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think we sort of share the same thing, which is like, it was good, but it wasn't great. And we had a fun enough time with it, but it, it it's hard to recommend unless like it really looks appealing to you already. Yeah. And if it's really cheap, if it's on sale, like, like I didn't feel like I wasted my money. I mean, it, I, I spent about six yeah. hours on it cause I was kind of poking around and like doing some optional ish stuff. Um, and I enjoyed it. It's at its best when you're going real fast. Cause like yeah. it has these, yeah, it has a couple set pieces that are just like genuinely like the music kicks in and you're like, this is dope. Um, you know, and like, it was just fun and good. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sort of a first person shooter ish thing too. Like there are some of these like, but like they're not even really enemies. They're so easy. It's like, it's so laughably easy to defeat the enemies in the game. And I'm you know, doing air quotes on a podcast, which is super effective, but <laughs> enemies, um, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. You like shoot this energy at them and like they die after like three hits and you're like, okay. <laughs> but they're, they're both easy and oddly annoying to deal yeah. with. I think it's because they're so easy that they're annoying. Like whenever you see them, you're like, oh, all right, I guess I'll do this stupid thing again um, just so I can get back yeah, to the fun Yeah, I, I think the thing that annoyed me as well is 
just because the the ammo that he uses the same force that you use for like what passes for puzzles in this game mm-hmm. and to do your double jumps and, and a couple of other things. And I, I was never running short, but it always bothered me that I had to be conscious of it. And I, I get why they're linked into the system, but it just, I think we both said while we were playing it, I wish they just hadn't bothered. Yeah. I honestly think like it, it was strong <laughs> enough as like a running simulator, like quote unquote. I was yeah. like, I think it was actually good enough like that. Like it felt like they weren't necessarily confident enough in that element. So I, I will yeah. say one other thing that I have to kind of, it's not a big deal and like if you enjoy it whatever but like they play really fast and loose with mythologies and like it's no big deal but in some ways it is because like it's set in the canadian rockies which also is weird because like it's an american military operation set in the canadian rockies and like look i know canada and the u.s like anyway but it was just you're like okay so it's a secret u.s operation in canada all right that's weird enough but then secondly it implies that there is this like ancient civilization within canada and just sort of completely glosses over the fact that there's been like indigenous canadian uh, or indigenous peoples living here for like generations like literal centuries and so it's just kind of like like i assume they didn't really know about this yeah it's just it's really tone deaf in a lot of ways like you're like uh, this is a bit weird. And and the fact that made me a little more uncomfortable is that one of their audio logs actually mentions an indigenous story, like the Windigo, which is like Cree, Dene, like a whole bunch of different cultures. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so you're going to reference one. So clearly, you know about this. So like, you didn't do even like a little bit of due diligence and like, think about where you're setting this, like, because they could have literally just made it as in like, the military found a portal to another you know what i mean like anyway um i don't know it's already fantasy so why not just like go all out but it's a small complaint that a lot of people probably won't notice but it's just something i that, certainly didn't i yeah. i thought they just sort of made up their own thing and pulled the wendigo in from whatever yeah so it just but, i don't know oh so you found that audio log thing too then okay cool i did yeah and i recognized it but it hadn't even occurred to me that that's something that they just sort of pilfered from from the actual place that they'd come from and just like slapped it on their chibi dream aliens and, and made it their own thing that didn't occur to me as like a problematic thing in the slightest yeah, at the time it, it's just but then yeah sorry i was just gonna say we played it very differently because you clearly like stopped and thought about it a lot more my playtime's literally half that of yours <laughs> i've lasted through it but like you say that's when it's, it's most fun when you're just going fast and not thinking about things too hard yeah and to be clear, yeah. Paolo, you should never play this game because it is fast-paced first person. <laughs> your head will literally pop. Because I know you talked about how first person is not your jam. Um, and this is definitely... Yeah. A, mm. Motion sickness is real. Yeah, this will definitely make you feel motion sick. I mean, there was even a moment or two in this game where I was like, whoa, I gotta slow down for a second. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, we both beat that one. Um I also beat, I beat three other games. I think we all beat almost three or four games this week, which is impressive. Yeah, three minimum each. Um, If I can sort of direct you next, just so I've got a little segue from a game that we both beat uh, to a game that you beat and I retired in utter disappointment, my friend Pedro. Oh, yeah. Oh, you retired this one. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get on with it. I I get that it was good. I get what it was going for. It just didn't click for me, but... Uh. I, yeah. I don't I don't think it's inherently good. Um, I think it's <coughs> fine. Um, like, it, it's, I don't know. I beat it because it's short as hell. Um, and I was just like, whatever. I just want to get through it. Um, it's it's kind of fun, arcade action. The humor is so trying way too hard. Like, it's, yeah. it's not, it's not funny. <laughs> um, 
which could be a make or break a thing for a lot of people. It's trying to be like random, I think, and it, it's not really working for me and it never justifies itself. It's kind of like, how would I even describe this game? You know, it, it's a bit like um, Katana Zero and it's like one of these, um, you know, it's not really one hit, one kill because you do have life, but the whole point of it is that like you're running through, slowing down, like shooting all these enemies and like, um it's it's supposed to be this kind of arcadey action after in the likes of like ape out and stuff and and like hotline miami except it's it's you know a side-scrolling perspective and it's just some of the mechanics i didn't really understand like it had this slowdown mechanic that wasn't actually fun to use because when you slow down it got really slow and so the most it's most fun when you're quickly going through and like jumping and doing these crazy maneuvers and shooting enemies so I don't know. I didn't love it. If control's so weird and yet it works, but like your character's movement is just the weirdest thing in the world. And there's this one. It's sewer. almost ragdoll. Yeah, you're kind of like a ragdoll. I don't know. I, I liked it enough. <laughs> it was on Game Pass and it was leaving on the 15th. So I was like, I should play it. Um, so actually, by the time people listen to this, it's gone. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, <laughs> I still enjoyed it enough. Like, I think if you if it's on sale a lot and you like kind of arcadey um shoot 'em ups that are sort of silly and like a little loose physics you'll probably enjoy this game um yeah yeah i think that's i think that's all i have to say about it there's a sewer segment that's stupid and it was long and i didn't like it (laughs) um but that's it and the bosses are kind of whatever in a lot of ways you know but i don't know i feel like i'm being way harder on this game than i probably should be but it was it was fine. So you, you, you retired it though, huh? It was a big disappointment because the trailers made it look like exactly my kind of game. Mm. And and the humor landed in a way that, like you say, it never really did in, in the main game. My overriding memory is just of it feeling quite sloppy yeah. in execution in, in a number of different ways. And I it's long enough ago that I don't know if I can go into much more detail than that. But yeah, that was a real disappointment for me. And I bought it through Humble, so I couldn't even refund the thing, mm. which... Stunk even more, but that's that's not a hit of that. <laughs> I will say that progression felt good in it in some ways. Like it did have this kind of like it taught you how to use the item and then you went up and you did the next thing. And so I was like, all right, that's nice. But yeah, other than that, I was like, hmm. Um, have you played this one, Paola? I haven't. It doesn't actually look like my cup of tea because I'm not too into arcadey games. Yeah, then don't touch this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, actually, but a game that might be up your alley. The next two games are actually probably up your alley. Yeah. Um, I beat this game called the little acre, which is on game pass. It's this, it's a hand drawn, uh, point and click adventure game. Um, that's super short. It's like two hours long. It's very, very short. And it's very cute. It's, it's quite cute. You play as this, like, uh, a couple characters you play as a dad. Um, and then you play as his little daughter, um, with her dog um, and it's in that hand-drawn animation style of like maybe like old Disney cartoons where you know like the background is sta- static um, but the characters are moving within it um, it has an asinine story like the story is just kind of you know what it is it's like playing a proof of concept it really felt like this game was like showing like we can make a game um, but not a full game whatsoever because <laughs> When you finish it, you're like, I feel like this is where the story should have started. Um, and so you're mm. kind of like, huh. Um, the voice acting is rough. Like, 
because the voice acting is the developers um, of the game. This is what I'm saying. It's a small team. And look, it's not it's not super bad. It's not 90s levels bad. It's just kind of it's just a bit weak, you know, like it's just it's like people who are doing their best. And so it's it's almost charming because you're like, oh, okay, like this is their passion project. They're, They're doing their best with this. But when you compare it to other point and clicks, you're just like, ooh. And VA is one of those things, like, if you can't, like, there are professionals who get it badly wrong. Mm-hmm. If you can't do it, you're better off just not. Yeah. yeah. I would call this a solid six game. Um, As does Metacritic. Metacritic is 62, so you bang on. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's on Game Pass, though. So, like, if you enjoy um point and click games and you and you love like hand-drawn animation and stuff i I would like try it because it's 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 easy and really you're not you're literally wasting no money on this if you do that (laughs) the last one that i'll talk about real quick is tangle tower uh which i loved this is by the people who made snipper clips um yeah this is an excellent developer and it's a it's another kind of point and click um it's basically it's basically Professor Layton means his Ace Attorney. Oh, yeah, but it's I've played the prequel to this. I've, oh, you I've played just the prequel on it. Yeah, Detective Grimoire. Yeah, I played it a couple of years ago. It was really good, actually. Yeah, it's a surprise. This is beautiful. The animation is gorgeous. The voice acting is superb, and the investigations are so natural and so like it just everything clicks so beautifully. Um, it feels like it's basically like playing one case of Ace Attorney. Um, so it's, it's quite short. It's like five hours when you're done. I, this is a good thing about game. Like when I finished, I was like, no, I want more, (laughs) um, (laughs) which I always think is a good, is a good sign. Um, yeah, I love this. The writing is fantastic. It's very funny. Um, all the characters are distinct. When you beat it, it unlocks this incredible art gallery of like the making of, and it like has detailed developer commentary on like all the characters and like how they were created and like how the game developed. And it's just like, there's a lot of attention and love put into this. And yeah, it's, it's highly, highly recommend this one. This is the best one I beat for sure. Um, that sounds right up my alley. Actually. Oh, you'll love it. It's great on the switch Lite too, um, or the switch because it, um, is fully touch controls um so you can just like and which is super nice to just like touch everything you want to do in a point and click but you can also use the controller if you want so anyway highly recommend nice and on things that paula would like now you've got completions this week paula why don't you tell us what you've beaten okay so um first i'm gonna talk about this uh, little really really small visual novel called um my lady because i actually uh, remember this one well Alex was like talking about games with a small studios and voice acting. This is like a really small studio, a really tiny game, but the voice acting is actually kind of funny. And it is really, really short. Like um, the protagonist is like this, um, I guess, like rich girl that is like in love with her butler and stuff. But the best character is actually the maid because the voice acting brings her to life in a way that is fantastic. The game is like an hour long if you, not even an hour long if you get like all the endings. It's not like anything spectacular, but for the price and given the size of the studio, it was a really fun church completion. See, there's a good example though, right? Like good voice acting can elevate something, right? 
Yeah, like, and the writing is actually pretty funny. He's like, but life isn't fair. Like, uh, no, if life um give you, how was it? Like, if life gives you lemons, what happens is if I want to make orange juice and I can't pin down like the accent of the maid, but her accent just make every line she said like way more funnier than it should have been. Nice. It was awesome. <laughs> Um, then I finished The Room 2. It was actually, like, a game I retired long, long ago. And I don't know why I retired it. Like, the creepiest part was already over. <laughs> and when I... It was, like, the stupidest thing. Because I boot up the game. And I was, like, five minutes away from the la from starting the last chapter. And then it took me, like... Half an hour, 40 minutes to be the last, the last one. So I was like, I was sitting on an almost complete game for two years, maybe. And <laughs> and it is pretty much a first person kind of puzzle slash escape room kind of game. And there's this like overall mystery that you're trying to solve. Um, and it kind of picks up where the room, the, the first, the room game uh, ended up. So you continue like, that investigation and there's actually a third game that i want to tackle eventually because i really like like uh that's escape room kind of thing i actually went to an actual escape room with my with my sisters Hi. and it was a lot of fun and i think i'm enjoying the room too like more because of that experience and finally when the bus was around this is like a sort of point and click puzzle game and everything is like hand drawn hand drawn and it is beautiful like if i can say like anything at all without like spoiling the story but do you kind of piece together the past in a way like you revisit the memories of the protagonist by this point and click uh kind of puzzle experience and the music is beautiful like like I still have like the the theme stuck in my head, and the hand drawn art, the animations are just as beautiful. So I I actually uh, came to know the game because of an uh, Nintendo. Uh, well, of those, I'm gonna start this again. <laughs> I actually know the game from the from one of the indie world presentation, and it is actually on Steam. Yeah, I mean it is very very cheap on Steam. Um, actually, I picked it up like in the last winter sale, nice. and yeah. very recommended. Uh, great short game. Hmm. It looks good. My concern is I've been burnt by Florence, and I want to know how it compares because I could see myself buying it. Like you could ch charitably describe Florence as a point and click game. You could charitably describe Florence in a lot of the ways that you've described that. How does it? How does it compare to it? Okay, this time around you have like a lot more uh, player agency to say okay. in a way. Like you actually have to like look around the room, uh, gather clues and stuff, and solve puzzles inside the space you are in. Okay. So it is a point a click adventure, not like. Nothing like very complex, but it has like uh, puzzles that you really have to think about. Okay. 
it because it, it does look and this doesn't translate to an, an audio medium but it looks wonderful like mm-hmm. it there, there aren't really the words i'm struggling for them you're spot on with that paula yeah, it has similar hand-drawn animation to Florence. Like, in that look, it, it does look nice. Well, we did a lot of hand-drawn games this week, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. The go main on. difference with Florence uh, style is that this game has, like, more sepia-like, warmer colors, and it's, like, more balanced. Well, Florence, you can say the game is yellow. Fair. Florence is a little, little bit more pastel-y. Mm. Um, yeah. And... and to, uh, sorry, did you have anything more to say about that before I try and make a really awful segue? Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead with your okay. awful segue. Trick. So from, from pastel colours and hand drawings to watercolour paintings, um, the first of the four games that I've beaten this week is a game called Tiny Echo, which is this really weird game full of subtext. I'm trying to search for the right word for it. There isn't really a story. There's no dialogue your sole objective is to deliver these 13 letters that have been like beamed down to you from, from the surface by these random creatures with hands reaching out the back of their heads. It's wonderful and slightly disturbing all at the same time. And I love the vibe. Like it's super mellow. The colors just sort of draw you in. It's all quite dull tones, quite earthy, but quite inviting in the, in the way that it's made. The music is wonderful. It's by, um, by an artist called Mount West. Just amazing music. I've had it on in bits and bobs since I beat the game. But it's sort of a stretch to call it a game because it you just sort of click and, and the play moves. There's like some really, really loose puzzles mm. if you can call them that. And yeah, I, I just end up sort of coming away from it thinking I really enjoyed how that game made me felt for 90 minutes, but I hated having to actually play it. Mm which is a really weird place to be with it. And it, it was super cheap. I can almost recommend it on that basis. But then I also sort of almost can't. Uh, so I'm, I'm still sort of processing how I feel about that one a little bit. Um, I played Valley, which obviously we've already spoken about. And we, we more or less agree on that in fairness, Alex, I think. So I, I don't have anything more to say beyond what we said before. I then also played an incredible little narrative game called Space Court. So the concept is you are a space judge. Um, most of them don't last more than a week, but your job is to, to try and keep the peace and, and settle disputes between these four or five different warring alien factions. It is one of the best games I've, one of the best written games I've played ever. I don't think it lasted much longer than an hour, but it had me laughing the whole way through. And that, that's no exaggeration. It had me howling. It's a wonderfully written game. It has a limited sort of branching narrative in, in the sense that the decisions you make have impacts on the ways that the different races feel towards you. And that bleeds into the way that the game ends. I'm not sure I'd say it was massively replayable, but I think for the, for the price it is, it's only like $2 and for, for the time that it takes to play it, I don't think there's anyone I wouldn't recommend it to. It really is an excellent experience. Um, and then the one other game I played, uh, and I'll be talking a lot more about the Vita later on in the episode, but I played um, a little Vita racer called Motorstorm RC, which is, uh, if you imagine the PS3 Motorstorm games, shrunk down into remote control car form. It's a good game with some significant drawbacks. The main one is there's no map. And because of the way the tracks are laid out and the way the cars control, 
you really do need advanced warning of where the turns are. And, and what you find is with most of the courses, you need to like do one or two dry runs to work out how it actually goes before you're even remotely competitive. It also isn't maybe as well tuned as it might be. And this could be this could be me. So take this with a pinch of salt because I'm not really a racing game player. But some of the cars felt like you were fighting to try and make them turn at all. Some of the cars felt like they turned if you looked at them the wrong way. And you can lose all your momentum like scraping across the side of a wall. And that can just kill a run for you in a race. But for the price it is, I mean, it, it's very cheap now. I can't remember how much I paid for it, but it's only four or five pounds. It's been a really nice one um, to have and play through. It's a great sort of pick up, put down game, which I've, I've been gravitating towards since we, since we started recording these again, actually. So well worth taking a look if it sounds like your cup of tea. And yeah, that, that's all the things that I've been this week. Yeah, so we said we were gonna we were gonna blast through the retirements next. Uh, Paula, do you want to kick us off? Oh, yeah, um, you retire. I retired. <laughs> uh, got lateral damage. You play as a cat and pretty much kick shit out of the way. And I thought it was supposed to be fun, but first person clanky camera and controls was a killer for me. Oh, okay, yeah. That's what about you? Alex? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I retired uh, in Bento, just not because it was bad or anything. It's the same thing with, with Grindstone. I was just, I was kind of done. I was like, got through quite a bit of it, had fun. Um, Borderlands 3, I retired because I, I just got a little tired. This one out of all the Borderlands uh, feels especially grindy um, when it comes, like it, like very clearly is meant to be played with in co-op. So I think I'm just going to wait. I have a buddy who likes Borderlands, so I might just play it with him later. Um, it's a good game though. And I retired Hades because I'm just, I'm tired of that game. Uh, Everyone loves it. I know. I get it. It's wonderful. It's incredible. It's a roguelite. It's repetitive. It's 90% repetition, 10% interesting dialogue. I just... Look, the dialogue system they've created is amazing, but it's just dialogue boxes. Like, that's it, you know? Like, it's not some crazy thing that happens. It's just occasionally you get new text boxes, you know? Like, I'm like are we this starved for good story? Like, so anyway, that's my take um, on Hades. So it's retired. I'm done. Um, what about and if, you, if you disagree with what Alex is saying, let <laughs> us know in the comments down below. And while you're there, why don't you hit like and subscribe? See, I've been seeing a lot of people though, like on the <laughs> game of the month thing, they're slowly starting to get to the point where they're like, I think I'm tired of this game. And you know, that's the problem with roguelites. As wonderful yeah. as they are, they just exhaust you in the end, you know? Like, you never get to just finish it and be like, yay, I beat it. You're like, it like defeats you, which I guess maybe is the theme but of Alex, Hades. <laughs> that's the point. It's an arduous task you're facing. It's ludonarrative congruence. Yeah, whatever. I don't like this ludonarrative. Like, trying to escape killing Hades? Isn't that... Yeah, and that's not what I want to do when I play my video games. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, Rick. What, well, what you just give hell by retiring it. Yeah, I, and a fun yeah. little segue. You played a game that was kind of like hell for you, so I. <laughs> yeah, which, which were you referring to? Alien Storm. Then? Yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, I. We talked about it because it came up on PS de Resistance. How long to beat the game? Mm-hmm. And you beat it in like fifty minutes. Yeah. I had a spare afternoon, so I thought I'll, I'll fire it up and have a go. It is like all the worst things of arcade games. And I, I don't need it. Like it's a shitty beat 'em up crossed with a really shitty first person like um, gallery shooter. So fuck that. Um, I retired Bouncy Bullets. 
primarily just because it doesn't run very well on Vita, but it's cross-buy, so I'll play it on PS4 eventually. I retired a game called Let Them Come, which is a, a 2D turret game. A little bit like you with Inventa. It's not that it was bad. It's just that I'd had my fill of it and I didn't really fancy uh, smacking my head against the wall to clear the credits. Like I was happy with what I'd seen. Uh, and then the last one is a weird game called Dark Heritage Guardians of Hope. This was a, a mystery key from Fanatical, and it's the last time I let myself do that. Um, so I paid like 60 pence for it, but I think it was worth it just for the god-awful CGI in the intro. Uh, I will I will go the extra mile and, and put a video in the YouTube comments and the show notes. So go and check that out if you need to pick me up in these trying COVID lockdown nightmare times. It is wonderful. The game isn't. The game's like a really, really clunky uh, point-and-click game crossed with a really, really clunky hidden object game crossed with like the most atrocious first time one pound on the Kindle store novelist story. It's it's just not a good combo. Honestly, uh, but I feel like I I got my money's worth, <laughs> to any, be honest. Like honestly, any game that has a random selection of like fancy words is guaranteed a shitty sucker like it, it sounds like you know black forestry sentinels of the deepness like you know like it's like shit like that where it's just like you're like yeah this game's gonna be bad <laughs> or this polishing of the turd right yeah like they're like we'll make the game sound intense i'm like yeah i don't know <laughs> uh nice i feel like it's the kind of game my mum would enjoy though like if you set it up and like let her go with it i feel mm. like it's the kind of game that a certain generation could totally fuck with but that's just not me that's fair that's fair yeah um should we move on to what we're playing then yes let's yes um shall i just roll on yeah go ahead rock and roll go ahead nice one so, so i've i've played quite a bit so I've, sure. I've still been playing cyberpunk no new thoughts on that still love it quite keen to see what they fix in the new patch which with any luck will actually be be out in time for next week still been playing rabbits go home mm-hmm Still fine. Been playing quite a lot of Fall Guys this week for two reasons. One, they just dropped some Doom outfits, which is fun. So I've uh, I've been grabbing crowns as Cyber Demons and Cacodemons. That's been great. Um, and literally, as as of the time of recording today, they dropped a game mode where it's all four ball. So for anyone who, who isn't familiar, Fall Guys, a little bit like Takeshi's Castle. It's got a lot of different level modes, and and more and more people get whittled down until there's one winner. It's like a a battle royale sort of thing. And one of the modes is four ball literally just football you've got like 90 seconds loads of people you just sort of jump at the ball and and try and make things happen um but sometimes instead of a ball it'll be a banana or it'll be like a an american football ball or it'll be a golden egg like just random shit that's not a ball but vaguely sort of kickable full ball is one of my favorite modes and as as of the time of recording uh i've got a 100 percent win ratio when i get to the final round on on the full ball game mode uh, it's weird, like with four guys normally, because I'm Bringing someone who plays Rocket games more. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It is weirdly reminiscent of Rocket League in the sense that you're playing football with something that you're not really supposed to be playing football with. Yeah. Like it actually does give those vibes <laughs> a little bit. But with with normal four guys, I can really consistently get to the final stage mm. when it's it's like whoever takes the crown wins, sort of thing. But my my win ratio sort of plummets from there because it's always the really good people that get there and it's natural com- competition. With full ball, because the first round is 24 versus 24, like you, 
don't get through that many opening rounds because it's just a clusterfuck. A fun clusterfuck, but a clusterfuck. But I've got to the last round three times and I've won all three. So it's like an, an inverse on that. What I'm trying to say is it's a lot of fun and I'm still really enjoying it. <laughs> so I'm still playing it. And uh, I'll probably play some more of it this week while I'm editing, while I'm listening back. I've been playing uh, an alpha of a game called Grapple Hoops. So it's like a first-person level-based platformer. You have a grappling hook in one hand, a basketball in the other, and it's about getting to the hoop and making the most insane dunk you can make. Uh, it's Excuse all me. like a tech demo at the moment. I'll send you a link in a minute. It could be a phenomenal game if they, if they flesh it out. Like I, I mucked around with it for 10 minutes. And there's games that I think you're the same, Alex. I've played so many games this week. I've left games out. But I actively wanted to talk about this, so I left it in. Like You have to go and give it a go. It's really, really fun. I've been replaying a game called Big Bang Mini on the DS, which is like a, a firework-themed shoot-them-up. Shoot-them-up, shoot-them-up. So the way it works is you have a ship and you shoot fireworks, not necessarily from your ship, but by flicking on the touchscreen like, like you're striking a match. Nice. The trick is anything that you miss, if you, if you miss a shot, when it hits the top of the top screen, it will explode like a firework and debris will fall in addition to all the, the, the artillery that's being fired by your opponents. And you have to both move your ship around in between firing to avoid all the debris in the shots and also um, move it into place to collect the stars that drop from defeated enemies. And each level is only completed when you collect enough stars. That sounds kind of so neat. It's a, it's a really clever gameplay loop. It all meshes in quite well. And slowly as you go through the levels, you get extra powers. Like if you hold L, you can fire a homing shot, hmm. which will be much less powerful. But you don't have to think about aiming. You can just focus on what's coming at you on the bottom screen. Um, you can do charge shots. Uh, one world gives you a specific power to that world where you can draw a reflective shield. Um, it, it does a lot with quite a simple set of mechanics. And it's just got a really wonderful charm to it. It's from that lovely era of DS games where it was quite cheap to develop for. There were lots of studios like cracking on with experiments and, and trying things in the budget space. I saw it in a shop for, for £2. Bearing in mind, I already own a copy back at, back at my parents' place. And I just got a wave of nostalgia and I wanted to play it. And I don't regret buying it again in the slightest. It's just a really wonderful time. It's lovely. I tried Genshin Impact. Good. <laughs> like for, for a gacha game, it, it's one of those <laughs> things. If I didn't know it was a gacha game, I, I would assume that someone had paid £30 before they'd handed me the controller. Like It feels like a fully featured game. And so far, looks great. Control's great. You know, it, it, it's fine. It, pleasantly surprising, I'll go with. Nice. Um, I've started Ratchet & Clank Tools of Destruction for PS3. I think I spoke about it last week in our what we're planning to do in 2021. Mm. So far, so good. I've only played the opening level in Metropolis. And it, it definitely feels a teeny bit different to how I remember the original trilogy. But it's got that Ratchet and Clank DNA. And I like what I've seen so far. Um, I've, I've got some time blocked out this weekend to make like a proper plug away and get a few worlds in. So quite, quite keen to talk more about that next week. Um, and then finally, I've got, <laughs> I've got on the show notes, Vita Smorgasbord. <laughs> and uh, there, there's a little story behind this. Um, I almost killed my Vita, question mark. Oh, hashtag boy. story time, hashtag emotional. What? Uh, so, a new one. Yeah, so basically, um, 
for anyone who's sort of just tuning into this episode, uh, a couple of months ago, I bought my new baby, uh, a red 2000 model Vita from Japan, um, because you can't get them in the UK. And I really, really wanted one. And the longer I wait, the less available they're going to be and the more expensive they'll get. So I treated myself. Um, instead of being clever and backing up all of my games on the computer and copying them over that way, I thought, oh, I know, I'll just take the memory card out and put it in the new Vita. It'll be fine. It wasn't fine. It it all sort of stopped showing up. Like two thirds of my games just disappeared. Oh God! Uh, but but all the files no. are still taken up on the memory card, and I've got a sixty four gig card, and they've got like a a low key notorious fail rate among the community. So I I sort of left it for six weeks. I didn't want to think about it. It was giving me sort of low key anxiety. I was like, I don't I don't want to confirm that it's fucked. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, last week I, I decided to. <laughs> Oh, wow. Trading is handheld. Yeah, there you go. So, the memory card is alive. The memory card is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Until I check, I don't know either way. Exactly. So I, last week, I, I bit the bullet. I decided it, it's time to, to work out what's going on with it. Tried it again. Still not showing most things. Um, did a bit of Googling found someone saying if you rebuild the database a few times, it'll fix itself if you're lucky. And I did that, and I was lucky. And uh, touch wood, everything's back and working again. Mm. So I'm a happy bunny, and I've been, I've been making up for lost time with Evita. So as well as Motorstorm, which, which is obviously one of my completeds, um, I've been playing four other Vita games. Um, so I'll, I'll rattle through those quickly. So I've been playing down well. Given it's still in the vertical orientation, works surprisingly well on Vita. Um, it, it's actually really, really nice on the screen. Obviously, it's, it's just nice to have it in your hand. It's a perfect game for that. I had it on PC and sort of bounced off it, but I've been playing it quite a lot on Vita. Um, Wind Jammers, which is like a competitive um, Frisbee battling game. Great fun. I've been playing it like on and off since I got it when they released it back in 2018. There's a sequel coming soon for Switch and PC, which I'm low-key excited about. Um, but that, I mean, the original is still great on PS4 or Vita, or Switch, or wherever else it's on, if you're interested. I played Bouncy Bullets briefly, obviously I retired that, I spoke about that. Um, and I've been playing a game called Xeno Crisis, which is mm. available on all the platforms, like from the Genesis Mega Drive, through to the Dreamcast, all the way up to the Switches and the Vitas and the PCs of the nowadays. And the, the beautiful irony is that the worst version is the Vita version, because they developed it in Unity. And Unity does not run very well on on Vita. So like it's not 60 all the time stable. I haven't noticed. So maybe it's more like a if you're going for like all the score and and trying to be competitively great at it. I've just been having a lot of fun with it. It's like Smash TV, it's a twin stick shooter, but it's like um locked in eight directions for everything. Um quite difficult actually. Really challenging and one of the unique things it does is your weapon has a limited amount of ammunition. So where in most twin six, you're just strafe shooting and, and that's it. In this game, your, your gun has like 140 bullets. And when it like hits the last 15, uh, an ammo crate will spawn somewhere on the level. And until you pick that ammo crate up, all you can do is like use a weak knife attack on the enemies. So it forces you to, to take something else into consideration. It's really good. I'm having a, a great time with it. I 
not sure if I'll be able to beat it on hard. So it, it, there's no normal difficulty. It's easy, hard, and then the next stuff out. And, and hard is quite tricky. So I may well end up dropping it to easy. But I am having a really good time with it. Yeah, you were um, kidding and, when you said you played a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know where I found the time looking back. And that isn't even all of them. Like, there's, there's two games that I've, I've specifically not spoken about today. One, because I've just started it. And two, um, because there's more I want to say. And I know we've got yeah. loads to, to talk about today. So I'll pick those two up next week. But yeah, I, I don't know where I found the time. I honestly don't know how it's happened. Sometimes that happens, right? You just get a good week where it's like game time. Uh, Paula, do you want to take it up? Tell us what you've been playing. I kind of ended like time and space to play these many games because <laughs> actually there's one other game that is not on the list there because I haven't played it um, enough times with a friend. We're like playing the Japanese version of God Realize Guardian of Rebirth for the PS4 to practice that thing called reading kanji because we don't. <laughs> Read <laughs> can't do quite well yet. Mm-hmm. And it's very much God uh, Realize Soge no Himegimi or God uh, Realize Princess of Genesis or how it is called here. God um, Realize Garden of Rebirth. We are like in the first 10 minutes and that took us like an hour. So I don't have much to say yet that I haven't already said about the game. But I'm also continuing my playthrough of Code Realize Chirogane no Kisegi, that is the second fan disc of Code Realize. I think my progress from last week is like half one of half of a little like a scenario kind of thing. I've been playing Fire Emblem Child Dragon and the Blade of Light. And I am already at chapter 13, so halfway through the game. I've been playing Slime Rancher that is it is literally the only first-person game that I've been able to play. That's good. Though. Because the adorableness, the <laughs> adorableness of the slimes is just way too much, and it gives me energy. I used to do um, big brothers, like big sisters here, which is like you know a mentoring program, and I know a lot about Slime Rancher because my the young guy that I uh, did, he was like obsessed with Slime Rancher for like a couple months, and he did like everything in that game. <laughs> Like, <laughs> that's cute. Yeah, very much like I adore Slime Rancher. Yeah, like you just you are like in an alien planet, and the aliens are all like cute, fluffy, spongy slimes, and you can't be mad in the game. It, it, it's just way too wholesome. And since it is like very laid back in the gameplay department, like you can. Take it easy. It is easier for me to get into it and not get more to sickness like ten minutes in. Um, also, this one is kind of it is kind of split into two games, but it is technically one, and it is because of a weird beta release that is Hakuoki Kyoto Wins and Hakuoki Edo Blossoms. This one is was originally like one game that I. I think it was like Hakuoki, the one of the Fleeting Blossom. I think that it was already like the PS3 version of a PS2 game. And it has like six truths, maybe seven. And this one has this version, like, took like a stupid amount of scenes from like the fun disc and stuff, took like all the original routes, it took like 
the new three routes from some fan disk and then like slap three new routes on it. Hmm. So uh, Hakuoke um, Ghetto Wins and Edo Blossoms amounts to the grand total of 13 routes. Hence the one of 13 on the on the show notes, why right? Do you, okay. Why do you do this to yourself? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just processing the goal. Like, apart from Paula's self-flagellation, a PS3 game that was itself a remake of a PS2 game that they've not only sold you again, they've sold it you again in two fucking parts. Okay, here's the thing. The, the Switch version that it is out only on Japan mm-hmm. has the two... It's like the two-pack... Uh, just uh, because it's like one regular game. Right. What happened with the Vita release, I think the Vita release had like the first part that were like the first five chapters of the game and the second part that was like the after the route split the other five chapters of each individual character route uh, that had a, 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 a like a one like in like a two-in-one release in the beta in Japan after it got like the two-part release, but that version never got here. So if you want to play the full Hakuoki remade experience, it is a lot of content. It is a ton of content because like uh, I think the first game amounts to around thirty plus hours, and the second game is probably around like the. 36 hour mark more or less mm-hmm. this makes me want to watch uh, like uh or like i want someone to make like an in-depth documentary about like how visual novel developers like go about making these things because this is it's oh, just, a thing it's a whole like different world for me this is anyway sorry paula keep going this is fascinating <laughs> Um, it is interesting because I actually like investigated like how visual the novels are developed, and if like if you don't if you haven't like ever run in, ever written like a short story, don't ever fucking attempt a visual novel because you have to make a cohesive work with different versions of it. Anyways, Hakuoki, um, Hakuoki is pretty much like. Uh, I want to say like an alternative history scenario of the Bushing War in Japan. Uh, that was pretty much like uh, the same war, like where the last samurai, like well, the, where the whole samurai uh, mentality ended, and also like the same war that ended up uh, giving like an opening for Japan to modernize itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, because before that, they were like pretty much close to the entire world. So, well, in England, you have like uh, the first cars and stuff. In Japan, you um, you still have like small village, not and um, no other like reliable way of transportation. I want to say. Mm. Uh, so. And and the whole game takes place like I actually took some notes here because the 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 first the very first chapter of the game where the protagonist meets like the Chinsengumi, it is like in eighty sixty four I think no yeah yeah eighteen sixty four and I think the game ends up like at the end of the world that is like four to five years later 
So in terms of the visual, like time inside the visual novel usually amounts to like weeks, maybe like a year that it's like the case of Code Relics, but this has like a time span of like five years. So if you're not like, if you don't like either like no more or less like the amount of time that is passing that you are told, but if you miss it, it's like everything is happening so fast. No, and everything is not happening fast. Everything is taking place over years. Um, before I go like into too much of a ramble, I just <laughs> completed like one of the thirteen routes with all the endings related to those routes, nice. and I'm currently like in the second one. Um, finally, I started playing. At 13 Sentinels, I guess ready for the PS4, and oh my god, Rick is quietly <laughs> screaming there. I'm so excited for you. Is what I'm cur- currently like in the first, a little over the first hour, so I'm just starting to slowly get into the story. Uh, Narrative-wise, I I kind of like the style they're going with. If you catch my drift. Hmm. Well, you'll still be in the prologues, though, right? Yeah, I got past the third one. Okay. And I'm did to play the third tutorial. Yeah, the third tutorial. So I'm just getting to know the characters right now. Nice. Mm-hmm. And the, without going to spoiler, I'm pretty much talking to code uh, to to let know Rick like where the fuck am I? <laughs> the third prologue is like oh my god <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this character yeah it's, and um... what happened to this character yeah no no comment <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's listening but I know <laughs> but Rick knows what I'm referring to huh? well, now I'm also the art is amazing mm. the art is Beautiful chuckies. Yes, absolutely. As is the music. The music's killer. Music, like at least the the dial theme music, I really adore. The, the The rest of the music have been like more like subdued in the background for me. Mm. The, um, the the battle themes are incredible. Um, as are some of sort of the because um, it, it's it's got a lot of music. Like the OST is four hours long. Something silly like oh. that. Yeah, there's a That's lot so of music. It's like 80 tracks. Um, and they, they, they spread it out. Like you, you never are exposed to one song long enough for it to be a problem, which is good. Yeah, I'm really excited to know where this is going because it, it, it already is like, what? What? It's, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for you. It's been, uh, it, as much as I've enjoyed playing it, I've almost as much enjoyed um people like you friend of the podcast june other people that i've convinced to give this game a chance seeing them hit the points i hit and be like oh shit they've just done x or no why isn't true and i, I just love living that for other people it's so nice it's uh I'm, I'm so happy for you paula and i'm i'm so happy that we're here <laughs> i'll get there with y'all eventually probably if it goes on sale or when i get a ps5 one day that's my thing it's in the january 7 uk i don't know what the, the eu is but it's like a third off on I'll the UK store. Yeah, I'll probably wait till a little more. Just Which, my PS4 gets it's a steal at full price. Zero. My PS4 gets zero use now. Full so of, it's, it's dusty. <laughs> yeah, a couple of weeks ago, it was like a price in Amazon. Yeah. If I remember. It happens rarely in yeah, Canada, I, but anyway. No? 
Yeah, I don't know. That game hasn't really dropped much here, but eh, we'll see. I will get it eventually. Um, Speaking of games, yeah. yeah, what am I been playing? Um, oh, sorry, Paula. Did you have something else? No, oh, I was about to pass the baton to you. Oh, well, thank you. I will grab that baton then. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm playing Fallout New Vegas. Um, I just saw it. Like, I, I saw that I have the DLC for it when I booted up my Series X because it was like, hey, here's everything you ever bought with us. And I was like, oh. <laughs> And it was on Game Pass, and I was like, well, I guess I'll try it again. And um, I don't know if anyone watches, but H Bomber Guy, he did, like, a video on it uh, recently. And I hadn't watched it, but it kind of reminded me, like, I kind of want to try that out again. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's old. This game feels old. (laughs) I mean, I think it's it's extremely likely that I'm going to drop this one pretty soon. Um, It's a great game. Like, if you've never played it, highly recommend playing it. Um... But it's just, as I started picking it up, it all, like, rushed back into my mind, you know? Like, it just, it was like, it's all coming back to me now. Um, which sort of kills it for me a little bit, because when I suddenly remember everything, it less feels like I'm discovering things and more that I'm just, like, retreading old ground. Um, which is where it was like, you know, when I played Knights of the Old Republic 2, it actually felt fresh again. It didn't feel like I was retreading old ground. I had completely forgotten. But this one was fresher in my mind. Um, and there's no sprint button. Like, ah, you just, you walk so slow. I can't handle that shit, man. (laughs) Um, but writing is incredible. Uh, mechanics are great. Um, it's, it's, it's excellent. It's better than Fallout 3 as far as I'm concerned. But, um, anyway, so that's what I'm playing. Uh, I'm playing Kadelka again in air quotes. Um, (laughs) I'm not removing it until I beat that damn game though. I will play it again. Um, (laughs) Uh, I started playing Cosmic Star Heroin um, because I bought that years ago. Like when the Switch first came out, it was like one of the ones on there. It's a little RPG that thinks it's Chrono Trigger. Um, It's not, but it is very endearing. It's sweet. Um, The combat system is decent. Like it's okay. Um, It it, it centers on abilities. So instead of... um, Instead of things like, you know, in, in typical turn-based RPGs, because it's turn-based, uh, it's usually like attack and then you have like magic or spells or something like that, right? Um, in this one, all of your moves are just like abilities that you can swap out. And then you also have items that refresh every uh, every match, every battle. And you have like okay. programs, which are like your shields that you equip that have like uh, special abilities on them that you can unlock based on a certain skill level. Um there's no real way to upgrade that skill level except with anyway um that part's a little broken but it's actually kind of neat because you can you can customize your characters entirely um so like you can swap out all their abilities and like make them work well together um which is pretty cool like i actually think it's like a it's kind of an inspired combat system um it does take some like getting used to and and the way it works is that like you use one ability and then it's gone but if you defend it'll refresh your abilities so you're kind of in this thing where you have to sort of decide like okay do i use all of my abilities um and like max out how i'm using them so that like i give buffs to the other characters um and then defend in one turn and then i can you know what i mean like it, it creates this really interesting um sort of combat system that being said if you play it on like they you know do that thing where they call their their difficulty levels you know funny names um the second one which would be normal is too easy um 
I would bump it up to heroin. But then at the same time, occasionally you're going to hit moments where heroin is suddenly just like stupid hard because it forces you to use certain party members. And you're like, no, but my good party members are these ones, you know, um, although it levels them all up equally. So anyway, it, it's a good game. But I will say that like the story's kind of not a thing like you're like a super spy it's like in outer space in this futuristic world where you can like fly to different planets and stuff and it's 2d by the way um so it's like sprite artwork it looks like chrono trigger um yeah but downgraded a little <laughs> um and yeah so i don't know I, I i'm not sure that i'm going to beat it um it's not very long but i have enjoyed what i've played and i think if you if you're looking for something that's just sort of a kind of decent RPG with slightly interesting mechanics, I would give it a shot because I could see this game like really, really clicking with people who like to just like really like maximize their strategies in, in a battles. And then I could see this game like clicking really nicely with those kinds of people. But yeah, if you, if you're looking for something with like an incredible story and like really going to take you on this wild ride, this isn't it. Um, but it's fun. It's fun. That's but in fairness, like everything, everything you said sort of excites me. So, like for context, I've got this game on Vita. I picked up the limited run release a little while back, and it's like in the next sort of four or five weeks, I'm planning to start it. So I'm like cautiously optimistic about it, based on the impression I had before I picked it up, and based on on some of the the positive things that you've said there. So fingers crossed. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear what you think about it. Um, okay, so yeah, that's Cosmic Star Heroine. And I'm also playing uh, Ring Fit Adventure. So I got this. Yeah, I got this the other day. Uh, like last week, I just saw it was on sale again. It was actually it was actually on um, it was on like a, a, a slight discount on Amazon. So I was like, all right, why not? Which surprised me because it's very rarely even available. And uh, yeah. this thing's great. Like I, for some context, I've been working out like six times a week basically for like three three four years now um quite consistently so i you know i love the gym go to the gym all the time um i i would do like the gym five times a week and then i do like running one day so I, I'm, I'm quite healthy um and when quarantine hit i've been doing home workouts but I, I find them a little boring eventually you know there's only so many times i can lift my fucking milk jugs so <laughs> um i was like let's try something else and this is this is pretty intense like i have to admit the workouts can really hit you good, especially if you're like focusing on squats and stuff. Um, Cause those are just <laughs> squats are squats man. and they, it really registers your movements well. Um, and I don't know, it's, it's quite fun. Like I highly recommend it for people who like, like I look at it and my gym's been closed now for a while because we're in like a semi sort of lockdown. And um, it's, it's basically the, the price of two months of a gym membership. So like, it's just kind of like, I transferred my gym membership to ring fit, except I get to keep it. Um, and my partner has been enjoying it too. She'll use it in the mornings as well after me. And you can really adjust the difficulty. And at the higher difficulties, it's, it, it's a workout. I'm telling you, like I'm doing like 31 squats for like, you know, a little bit of damage on one dude. And I'm just like, all right. And it makes you hold them and stuff. So I, I like highly recommend this to people who need to, or are stuck at home and they want just like kind of a fun little workout activity to do. Um, it's like, it's, it's I don't know it's great it's great recommend it like helps you adjust your posture and, and like form when you're doing these exercises and yeah yeah it's just fun um so that's ring fit I'll keep updating people as I go now I'm I'm five days in consistent with it now so um 
I'll let everybody know how I go. <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested. It looks awesome. It's one of those things where, like, if I had a Switch, I probably would have picked it up when it dropped. It looks, it looks like it nails what it sets out to do. Yeah. And obviously, it can't be your sole workout. Like, it's definitely... I mean, it could be. It could be. But if your goal is to, like, definitely get stay, like, quite healthy, you'd want to supplement it with a bit of cardio and maybe some, like, strength training, like, lifting some weights. Um, that's just me, though. Because um, it, won't, it won't hit your back very well. Like, what it'll hit really nicely is your core, your legs, for sure, and your shoulders. It can do really good work mm-hmm. there. Um, it could do okay work for your chest. It can hardly do anything for your back because your back is so intense. It's such a such a large muscle that you really need to do some like deadlifts or like even just like pull ups or something. You know what I mean? Like to keep that's something specific motions for your back as well. Yeah, exactly. And like your back is such a huge muscle, and I honestly think the most important um, because it just helps keep everything stabilized. But anyway, that's fitness talk. Um, So that's that's (laughs) a regular segment coming to your ears. Yeah. Should we move along then to our major topic for the week? So our topic this week is the game that got you into gaming. Um, The game that started it all for you, Um, which I suppose could be defined differently for some, because I know for me, the first game I ever played wasn't the game that got me into gaming, right? Like I, because I don't even remember what the first game I ever played was. (laughs) I was was too small. Um, do you mind if I jump in with this one? Actually, I'm just gonna not yourself out, man. Yeah, right on. So, yeah, handhelds are really the thing that got me into gaming, and I the game that I think of and that like in my mind I see as the first game that really introduced me to the concept of like gaming as a thing is Pokemon Red. That was that was the one for me. You know, I uh, I did a presentation to my parents about why I should be allowed to have a Game Boy. Um, and Pokemon, <laughs> um, cause they were like still of the era where like games shouldn't be a thing you're allowed to have. Um, and this was like what won them over. They're like, oh, okay, you make some good points. And I remember buying it and playing it and I had never played an RPG before in my life. I didn't even know what an RPG was. Um, and I never knew what an RPG was for years after. Like I didn't know that Pokemon was one of those. And I remember, <laughs> So, you know, in Pokemon Red, how there's this guy who's sleeping in your way. Um, and if you want to get past him, you have to, like, talk to him. Um, and then he teaches you how to catch Pokemon. I do now. Yeah. Okay, well, this is a thing. It's right by um, the first city, Viridian, Viridian, like, right before Viridian Forest, I think. Um, so, anyway. Yeah. I didn't know you could talk to people. I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to press A to talk to them. Right? I, I didn't know that that was a thing you could do. I just saw this dude lying on the ground and I was like, what do I do? And I was like just running around, like didn't understand what to do. And I had to actually ask a friend who was like my age too and he had played it. And he was like, oh man, oh, come here. You have to do this. And you have to like talk to him. And then that's how I learned like games could also be social. Right? And so all of a sudden it was like, oh shit. Okay. I can talk to this person and like, oh, I can, I can interact in a lot of different ways with this game. Like it was... I don't know. It, it it somehow just like it blew my little tiny child brain because I was I was very young when I got this game. I was probably only like eight or something like that. Actually, maybe even younger than that. I was I was very young, um, and so my little brain was like, "Oh my god, games have so many possibilities!" <laughs> um, and so that was it. From there on, it's just the rest is history. Nice. What about for one of you who wants to go next? I, I don't know, oh. Paula. <laughs> Sorry, uh, for me, like my the. The game that got me into game into gaming is kind of like I don't remember which 
one was the the one that actually made me cross the line. But we did have like a Nintendo 64 back at home and I already talked about how Carney of Time was like this game that looked so cool that I could never play because I was a fourth child. And I did play uh, other games like Mario Kart, Smash 64 and Pokemon Stadium, but more like uh, with, with family and friends and like in a kind of like party multiplayer sort of thing. But I think the one that the one game that actually uh, got me interested, like into playing, like as an older child, I was like in I th think I was like twelve when I started playing Warcraft three and Warcraft three, Warcraft three and Warcraft three: The Frozen Throne. So my first game was actually an RTS and on PC. Damn. And it was like until much later that I actually got my own like 3DS and was able to play a wider range of games. I remember playing on, on an emulator, but that was after um, starting with this tactical game, which is weird because nowadays I don't do like competitive shit. <laughs> I was going to say that's like the polar opposite from like the Paula of this podcast that I know, like, that's a whole other genre approach to gaming. Just all of it. It just is so... You could have like, a I... thousand guesses. I would have never guessed Warcraft 3. Never. Yeah, like, nowadays, you 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 can't even, like, get me to play anything that is, like, competitive or multiplayer because it is a time sink, and I have a backlog, so no time for that shit. But back in the day, I only have access to Warcraft 3, so... That's the thing I played yeah. for years until I got my 3DS, and I was actually quite good. Access. At the point, like, uh, if one player dropped from my team, I could actually manage two to three uh, different armies and still win. Nice. Honestly, I had issues back then. <laughs> Damn. Access is what's mo honestly most important usually when you're young, right? It's just like, what can you actually get? Because you can't buy everything, right? <laughs> Yeah, and you don't necessarily have the autonomy of decision all the time either. Like sometimes people are stuck with whatever games their parents thought were going to be clever. Yeah. Like, Damn, I'm um, glad we went with this topic then, because that is a fascinating answer from you, Paul. Yeah, hundred <laughs> um, percent. I guess I'll. Yeah, I guess I'll jump in. So I started on the Game Boy, and I'm sort of tempted to say one of the two games that I had there, which were uh, Wave Race and uh, Super Mario Land. And I've got fond memories with both, but I don't think either of them really i think the game that really cemented this as a hobby for me was the original ratchet and clank on ps2 because when we got the ps2 i was in that situation so segueing where my parents god bless and bought us five or six different games for the ps2 none of which we were interested in like there was a snooker game there was a formula one game there was some kind of quiz thing none of the stuff we really really wanted uh, but back then consoles came with demo discs and one of the demos on that disc was um like a full playable lamp demo of the original ratchet and clank and it was the metropolis level i must have played through that level seven or eight times full uh before one day we we were out at like a, a shopping center and um that game was on the shelf and me and my brother managed to convince our parents to pick it up for us and uh weirdly enough i played that game through to the final boss as like a six or seven year old got stuck on it 
for ages. Never beat it on PS2. Um, and then when I got the HD collection on Vita, I pasted that boss light on the second attempt. Something silly like that. I might even have done it first try. Uh, but it was like a weird sort of coming full circle thing where it's like I'd, I'd beaten my childhood demon in a weird way. But that that game will always hold a special place in my heart. I loved that game. Um, and that that would be the one, yeah, that, that, that made it a hobby for me, that made it a thing. Well, there you go. Pokemon Red, Warcraft 3, and Ratchet and Clank. That's a that's an interesting collection. <laughs> what an eclectic combination, yeah. And and if we if we segue it the entire other way, uh, our question this week um, is from the resident cock of the forums, which is uh, Cockroach, a.k.a. Matt. Uh, and his question for us was, uh, do you have any games you regret finishing in hindsight for some reason? And... Uh, I'd like you to jump in on this first, Alex, because I've actually got a pretty good idea of what you might be going for. Oh, really? You think? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I'm actually interested to think what you think I think I'm going to say, but I'll, I'll go first here. So I um, go on. I don't actually like... So for me, regret is like a little tough because like there aren't many games that I like think like, oh, I shouldn't have done this, right? Like I went through and I was like, there are games that I played that I didn't like, but I wouldn't necessarily say like, I'm like, oh, darn, I shouldn't have played it. Um, but there was one and it was like a kind of a recent one. And there are two sort of joke answers that'll give, <laughs> but the one that's legit is a uh, creature in the well. Um, it, oh, the pinball one. Yeah. It's the pinball one. Because the reason I regret finishing it is that I knew when I was playing it at a certain point that I didn't want to finish this. I didn't like it, but I had that stupid, like, you know, sometimes you have that like thing where it's like, no, I have to beat it. Like I want that completion sort of thing. Right. And I was like, a sense of pride. Yeah. Yeah. And that sense of pride. And that game sort of taught me a little bit, or like when I reflect on it after that, I was like, no, I need to just start dropping these games more. And I actually think after that game, so maybe I don't regret it. Maybe it is actually an important thing, but um, that regret led to me being a lot more ferocious in my retirements. Like, I'm just like, if, if the game's not getting me, I'm like, no, you don't deserve my time. Life's too short. And I'm like, goodbye. Um, so yeah, that's the one. The other two games that I'll say real quick that I do regret is Mass Effect Andromeda and, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, because both those games aren't bad, but they sullied my view of the rest of them and the others I love so much that I'm sort of sad that I beat them because, I can just, like, I love the original Mass Effect trilogy so much, and Mass Effect Andromeda, I don't actually think is a terrible game, but it's just not, it's just not as good, and now it's always in my memory of playing the Mass Effect games, <laughs> and Shadow of the Tomb Raider was so mediocre, and I loved the first two Tomb Raider r- remakes, that it's just like, you know what I mean, like, they're my last memories of those games, of those series, and I have to live with those memories, damn it, and <laughs> I wish I didn't have to. <laughs> So anyway, that's me. What did None you think I was going to say? I was going to say, though, I, I was convinced you were going to say Spirit Tracks. Oh, oh, oh. But see, oh, yeah, that's a good <laughs> one, actually. <laughs> I think I liked that game so much that I, I don't consider regretting, but you're right. That's, no, you know what, Rick? You're right. That's the actual answer. <laughs> Your literal view on it was, I love it. I wish I hadn't finished it. I know, you're that's, right. That's literally how you described yeah. the game. You know what? Yeah, Rick's Damn actually me. right. He knows me better than I know myself. That is the correct answer, Spirit Tracks. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what about you, Tyler? What about what games do you regret finishing, if any? I can actually like three. Like the first one was um well, one of them is a kind of regret, but 
like I still had a good time, but I was like, I, at the end, I was like, why the fuck did I do this? Uh, and that was bravely default. Mm. I actually yeah. like it's not like I didn't have a good time with the with the game, but you know the whole loop thing. I know it drove I know. me insane to the point that my even my boyfriend who was like watching me play at the time was like, "Are you a masochist or what?" So yeah, that's like it. it, it it's weird because like Bravely Default isn't a bad game, but that it has a game. section of the game that kind of ruined it for me. But I am so goddamn stubborn that I couldn't just leave it there. So you did the true end as well, didn't you? You you did all of the punishment. I yeah, I actually got to the true end, and I was like, "What the? F- why did I subject myself to this?" More and more thinking, I'm not going to bother personally, but like, I totally get why that would be a regret. Like, it's to the point that I can. I want to play bravely second. Because without going into spoiler territory, you get a cliffhanger. A sequel wait. Okay. And it's like, okay, I did all of this. I punished myself for this. (laughs) 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 So it's like... Oh, no. I haven't just played Bravely Second. I have it in my backlog. It is right there on my bookshelf. But I'm scared. I am utterly scared of our, another goddamn time loop. And in fairness, a game which is on the exact same world map, if I, be- if I remember correctly. It is. Like, it is. It is a New York sequel, from what I gather. There, I know that. Is... Sorry, go on. I know Bravely Default 2 is like another cast of characters and maybe another map, but Bravely Second is a New York sequel to Bravely Default. Hmm. And you... it is probably. There's an interpretation where that's like an additional slap in the face of, oh, you didn't like playing again on the same map in that game. Well, here's another game with the same map. <laughs> Fucking suck. Have fun. Yeah. The other one that was like, why is Hatoful Boyfriend? That oh, that's a is a. Uh, right? Yeah, that's it well. is a pigeon dating sim. Is. It is one of the most, like, misleading fucking games I've seen in my life because, like, you have, like, you think it's gonna be, like, hearted. You, you, you think it's just gonna be, like, some silly-ass game and it, it won't have, like, much substance to it. But if you do what I did and get all of the endings... All of them. Why? You are in for a mind blow. You are in for a mind blow. Like, the game is absolutely silly. It is relatively short, even. You're very much a completionist, aren't you? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is like no more than nine, nine hours to 100%. It. And nine hours? That's not too bad. Okay. It's not too bad. The thing is, it's like, you don't see it coming. <laughs> like, it, it it is like this emotional train wreck you can't look away from. So that's were, were, the you, best... were you feeling beak by the end? Boo! <laughs> 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 well, th- 
thank you everyone for tuning in to How Long to Be Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh Jesus. Dear. Okay, right, like well, I like I I still have fun playing it. It was interesting to see this kind of plot twist. But in the end it was like the fuck did I just play? Yeah. <laughs> the, it, it was one of the biggest like what the fuck moments I ever had in my life and up to this date I am not sure if it was good or bad. Hmm. Well, now I'm curious what, what was your um, last one? And finally, uh, and this may come to as a surprise to some, is Pokemon. Do I have Pokemon Sword or Tilt? Okay, Pokemon Sword and Tilt. Hmm. Because, like, I actually was a big fan of Pokemon. And I played, like, all of the games up to Pokemon uh, Sun and Moon. And I kind of fell out of it with Sun and with the Ultra Sun Ultra Moon because it was, like, more of the same but worse. Yeah. So that already kind of stung. But then, like, uh, Pokemon Sword Teal seemed like a return to, form- to formula to the gym battles and stuff. And it actually looked promising. But then you see stuff like uh, kind of like iffy practices around the game, as like the Pokedex wasn't completed. Like, they, they didn't have like the National Pokedex with. Which wouldn't have been a problem if they then introduced it with the DLC. Oh, did they actually? Yeah, they filled but it out with like, the DLC pretty yeah. much, yeah. Oh, I remember there was a controversy at the time because supposedly for the 3DS games, they made like high poly assets for everything. So the, the argument and- was, and I don't know if it was like a tinfoil hat thing, but that they, they omitted them by choice. They didn't have to omit them. Like they had all the assets done, it's just a case of balancing. Look, Pokemon. Yeah, is supposedly than they. Them now, right, like it's 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 the it's the highest selling um like like kind of like media property ever. Property yeah, in the world. So yeah, I think I might have to check me on oh. that, but I'm pretty sure it is. No, 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 it is. It is. I saw it in a video recently. Fun fact: Hello Kitty's like number three. Yeah. Sorry, Paula, <laughs> you were saying. Yeah, crack on. Yeah. So, uh, not only like the Pokedex thing, the model thing, like the whole like why is this, why does this game have like N64 trees in the overworld? The um, wild area was a fucking mess. Like, if you even tried to connect to the internet, everything was like, I don't know, two frames per second for me. Oh, shit. Like, in the wild area. And sometimes you will even have like trouble connecting with your friends, which uh, I actually tried to connect with a friend. Uh, on the wild area to do like a raid and stuff and we couldn't we were literally in the same spot and we couldn't meet yeah we had to do it locally also so hard yeah yeah so like x and y had like such a flawless multiplayer experience in my like for me at least and i played like a thousand hours of x and y well in some ways um in a lot of ways, uh, Soren Chill is a lot worse, especially because, like, the world seems, like, super open world and it seems, like, it looks beautiful, but the exploration is shit. Like, you can't get lost. You, can, you cannot get lost in this game. It has no dungeons. No, like, the caves are, like, straight line to the end. Yeah. Right. 
the the forest the straight line to the end you cannot get lost in this game you are told these wild things that are happening but you are never shown the wild things that are happening also you, you can tell i'm fucking pissed by this game <laughs> yeah, because yeah, i right. was waiting for i was waiting for it to get better and it never did yeah. because like especially because the introduction of the game the first 10 minutes really set you up for something big mm. and it fell way too short the wild area got repetitive it is stupid that you cannot catch a pokemon that's above certain level mm. because in the other games you can catch pokemons of any level but they will not obey you uh, if you're not an experienced trainer which makes more sense that you are not able to catch the pokemon to begin with mm. You can have a master ball if you if you want it and catch and cannot catch a Pokemon that's above your level. Yeah, it's a rough with a master one. ball. Um, yeah. Yeah, you you won't be allowed to throw a Pokeball if you are not the appropriate level. Uh, yeah. Also, because I'm not <laughs> oh finished with this shit. The the like getting to the ending of the game, like you always have to battle like these evil organization, catch the legendary Pokemon, whatever. Mm-hmm. Even like in the, in the Game Boy games, it kind of feels, it can feel like pretty epic, especially since you have to navigate these dungeons and you have to fight trainer after trainer after trainer. And you have to stand your ground and sometimes you have to be prepared because backtracking is a pain in the ass. And the fact that we don't have that in this game, and you have like spoiler alert, I guess not because the story is shit. You are in this elevator, and trainers come at you like in each floor, and it's like three battles, and they are easy, and they amount to nothing. And like getting to the end of the game, there's that like this is scene that is supposed to be like kind of like overseeing the city and kind of epic, and it is a slideshow, like not even like models. No, it is like an image, a hand drawn image kind of thing. A slideshow, like three frames, and it, it is like disappointing because all the game like oh. Oh, yeah, and that one other thing. There's this one, uh, like the quote-unquote legendary kind of battle of the game. You You can literally do nothing and still win because it is a raid battle, like four versus the one thing. Yeah, you can just let them win. Oh. You can just let them win, and it was such, like, a disappointment of a game. Mm. Like if it's the, the <laughs> you just get the leak and get on with it and it is it is a complete disappointment of a Pokemon game. Like I know that Pokemon isn't supposed to be like this fabulous adventure RPG, but they usually still have that kind of uh childhood magic if I can say it in a way. Yeah. Nostalgia. And they yeah. still make you feel like a strong trainer when you when you get to the end like if you beat that final uh i want to say final optional battle on gold and silver you feel like a pro yeah you know i recommend if you know um, what i mean if you know which battle i mean i do yeah i recommend uh takahiro on youtube she's this she's been on like youtube for ages but she does these uh retrospectives like reviews of of the games and she does like tons of research into it too like 
and the company. I really recommend watching them because a lot of what you're saying, like I think resonates in those, like those games really started out as these passion projects and then swirled into this mega corporation that just kind of took over, you know, it just, it's, it's, they're kind of a shell of Mm -hmm. what they were, you know? Um, Anyways, damn, pal. Okay, well, sh- yeah. yeah. I think that's the game you Bloody read the most. <laughs> ball for you. That's the one game I regret with my soul to have yeah. ever played it. No, 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 finishing. I regret to even play it. Damn! You heard it here first. Well, uh, so Rick, you know what, what you they say. You either die a hero or you live long enough to become eviscerated by power. <laughs> what's, what's your regret, Rick? Well, I, to be fair, haven't really got many, so I... Mm-hmm had a bit of a uh, an epiphany mm-hmm. aged what like 15 16 playing a really shitty port of army of two the 40th day for the psp mm-hmm. where there was like this really awful on rail section and i remember just being sat there holding my psp going i don't have to finish this like mm-hmm. i can just take the ufd out i can i can leave this and ever since then i've been fucking ruthless with retirements for the most part. Like it's rare that I will finish a game that isn't at least like a six out of 10 for me. Mm. Um, but there's like four really quick ones that I do regret and also a cop out answer as well. So um, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, the Crystal Bearers, yep. a game that I thought looked amazing until I played it. And then I realized that it had all the problems inherent with being an ambitious game on the Wii. Mm. Um, Haze for the PlayStation three. Um, if anyone's interested, there's a what happened episode of that on youtube outlines all of the reasons that that game's fucking awful and i don't know why i finished it in retrospect um hydrophobia prophecy uh, a third person half game with really nice water physics and not a lot else going for it um and a game called neon drive for the pc which is like a, a three lane arcade game that i remember actively hating all the time i played it and thinking back now, I don't know why I got past the first level, let alone like finish the thing. It, it boggles my mind. It, I, I actively resented the game all the way through. And yet I spent 5,053 minutes beating it. And I, I can't tell you why. Um, and, and my cop-out answer is I always regret finishing games that I love, like 13 Sentinels or Ghost Trick. Right. Because like you can never experience that story fresh the same way again. And and it's why, like, albeit with a bit of exaggeration, I've been so hyped about Paolo getting around to it, about June playing, about other people playing and experiencing it, because, like, I can sort of feel a facsimile of what I felt again through that. And there is sort of a... Regret's not even the right word for it, but there is sort of a sadness, yeah. a beautiful sadness, but a sadness to to sort of closing closing a book on something that you, you garner so much joy from. Totally. Um, which definitely isn't what Cock was asking, but that's that's where we're at. That's that's what first occurred to me before I looked back and had a bit of a, a PTSD flash of some of the worst <laughs> games I've been. Yeah. Um, well, there we go. Yeah. Um, there you have it, folks. Um, <laughs> a searing indictment of Pokemon Sword and other bad games. Yeah, that, that got heavier <laughs> than I expected. It to, I was like, damn, to be honest. that's great. Yeah, I that, that went places. So, are we ready for? Sorry, it deserved the road, and I'm going to burn it to the ground. That is fine. It's time now for everyone's favorite game, How Long to Beat? The Game. The Game. The Game. And I've already got it queued up. So without further ado, this week's game is Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Oh. 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 Yeah. 
Oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> that is multiple characters. I we were both so excited and then just slightly horrified. I've beaten this game. That's why I'm like, shit. Um, okay. I'm going to fail so badly at this. Oh, no. I haven't got the first clue. Thing is, like, I, I, I'll give you like a slight hint. I know there are multiple characters for this, so I'm wondering if completion is to, like to complete this ca- means that you have to have like played all of those characters. Um, mm-hmm. Fuck, man, I don't know. I'm gonna say eight. All oh, right, because there's fight mode plus. right now. Alex, eight hours main. Eleven main plus. That's that's as comfortable as I am. I I think I'm on the wrong track, but. Shit. Okay, I am gonna go twelve hours main mm. and fourteen hours main plus. I'm gonna go... go. I think I'm gonna go ten hours main and twelve hours main plus. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna do ten and thirteen. Interesting. Yeah. Actually, I'm gonna lower it to nine and twelve. Yeah. We're all psyching each other out. Did you say nine and twelve, Paula? Yeah. I just right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let us know. Let's find out. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. We all happy with those times or happy enough? No, I'm. I, but yeah. Sure. I will <laughs> never be happy enough. <laughs> right then. Let's see. Oh, we've all fucked it. Damn. Oh. Of right. So main main story eleven hours. Oh, I was right but on that one. Main plus is nineteen hours. Nineteen for oh. main plus. Damn. All right. Wonder yeah. How people are calculating that. It, I almost just like sat on a main as well. And to be mm. fair, I think I would have just about got it with twelve because it's within one hour, isn't it? So yeah, I would. Oh wow. I would have got wow. it too. Yeah. No points. No points this week. We've gone from anger to disappointment. What's completion it's been the on whole that one? Gauntlet of emotions this episode. Sorry. Uh, what's it completion is on that one? thirty. Two hours oh, and a I half. Should have, I should have read that out. That's what I? I thought. Completion is thirty-two and a half. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was somewhere high like that because of all the characters you can play. Yeah. Well, shit. All right. Yeah, there we go. No, none of us got it, but we tried. <laughs> Better luck next week, Hi. maybe, possibly. Yeah. And with that, two to lose, Palaroos. <laughs> Take it easy, peeps. Hello. I mean, goodbye. <laughs> Just like a pioneer say hello, fuck you.